Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What up? You're listening to Almost Accurate. I'm Jake. I'm Clit Harrington. He's back, everybody. Welcome back. This is a podcast about movies, about TV shows, about video games. Uh, Sometimes about how Ryan has the most genius idea I've ever heard of. Clit Harrington. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I'll only introduce you with your proper name from now on. Mr. Harrington, you were regaling me right before we we began recording with a a brilliant idea that you had just come up with, completely independent of anything, Uh, and I will now listen to it for the first time. You are a liar. You will listen to it the second time. No, (laughs) I was... Watch this movie called Don't Never Sleep in the Woods or Don't Sleep in the Woods 2, and my wife accidentally clicked the trailer... And I was like, oh, we've seen all this. And then, like, halfway through it, I realized that was just the trailer for the whole movie. But then I was like, what if there was, like, an AI that could create a trailer so that if you watch, like, half a movie, you could watch, like, a recap of it. It would just recap you back to where you were of all everything that's happened. So it would just grab all the major plot points that you had seen so far and then just kind of... Catch yourself back up. I think it's a great idea. Um, there's probably no real reason why that wouldn't work. And it kind of reminded me of um, it reminded me of a Black Mirror episode that we watched uh, like a month ago. We got into we got into Black Mirror and the first uh, episode of the newest season uh, is called uh, Joan is Awful. And it's about this. It's about this woman named Joan, obviously. Uh, and she starts uh, her and her her and her boyfriend. They watch a show uh, on Streamberry, which I don't understand why Netflix did this. Because <laughs> uh, it's a um, it's a Netflix show, anyways. But it the show pops up on their uh, suggested watch. It was called Joan is Awful. And they start watching it, and it's her played by Selma Hayek, and it recaps all of the events of her day. Uh, and so all the like fucked up stuff that she has to do at her job, uh, it re it recaps it and shows her like being mean to people. And it's like, it's really dramatized and stuff. And it winds up like getting her fired from her job. And so she's trying to figure out what's going on. And it turns out that Netflix, AKA Streamberry, they've got this super, super powerful computer that, uh, can basically use AI generated content to, record basically record people's life events and it will generate a show personalized to them and like pump up like the the drama and stuff 
Uh, and it was really fucking terrifying to think about because <laughs> it didn't seem like something that was that that far ahead. So you talking about having an AI powered thing that could edit a previously, you know, the movie you watched last night before you fell asleep and went to bed. I was like, that's the first step. Then they start pumping out that shit for real. <laughs> Well, it's like cars, you know, they uh, release like the safety features of like cars being able to automate things. And now it like automates driving. I think that probably had already been out that technology. Don't start with that one. You got to start with like uh, things that like stop automatically whenever there's a car nearby. So you don't run into them. I want to know who the... The first person to get behind the wheel of one of those and was like, I'm going to not touch the wheel and just let the car drive me around. Yeah. Well, surely they... they had a safety feature involved, or maybe they just had a crash test dummy. Nah, they probably just stuck a guy in there. You think they rode around the parking lot first, or they just went straight on the highway with that shit? Yeah, I would think you know, that like... you go straight on to the road first, or uh, not the road, <laughs> but the parking lot, like you would do if you were learning to drive. Yeah. But yeah I'd be so nervous if I'm sitting behind the wheel of a self-driving car just watching it take out some fucking traffic cones and then it just immediately just turns onto the street. Yeah, that would be a little bit terrifying. I The guy from Catch Me If You Can, I went to go see him at some seminar. The guy Leonardo DiCaprio plays, he was talking about how cars have the there's a technology out there that some terrorists have that they could stop a car like so many feet away, maybe a mile away. I can't remember the exact distance. And he was like, in a few years, they could probably do that from halfway around the world. Well, we've surpassed that amount of time. So it's quite possible, like fast and the furious, you know, whenever they were like controlling all the cars and stuff like that, making them attack like Vin Diesel and his family. Family. That's where they got the idea from. Yeah, gotta be. <laughs> All those so great I, movies. So when you walk out there one morning and your car won't start on the way to work, you'll be like, oh, fuck you, Al-Qaeda. Yeah, and then Diesel, why would you do this? I knew y'all motherfuckers were up to some shit. Lord. It's definitely not yeah. because I left my lights on last night. <laughs> I uh, also, about speaking about automated cars, we were watching some kind of like news thing like trash news tv um what they were <laughs> extra you ever watched extra oh no <laughs> with Deborah normal um, i was thinking you were about to throw a shade at a particular network or something <laughs> oh no 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 they were talking about uh they had a guy who had been busted like numerous times for in an automated car just sitting in the back and like texting and like laying down while his car drove itself That dude was back there jacking off. You know it. The second I mean, you, you could take your hands off the wheel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would make it easier to get a blowjob, you know, roadhead whenever you're in a car. Or bang it out, you know? I've seen people do that, and I'm like, I don't know how you could do that safely. But now you can. <laughs> Both back there were in helmets. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe those types of people should wear helmets. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I... <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, I've lost, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> You're welcome. 
just, the, the, Im- just the, Im- the image of that and like two people's helmets knocking together just really got me there for a second. Well, you know, maybe that's like a fetish. Don't kink shame here. You know, maybe someone's into football players. Like, yeah, wear the helmet. <laughs> wear the pads too. Oh, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> that's weird. Harder, I'm harder than a diamond in an ice storm right now. <laughs> oh, what Will Ferrell movie was that from? Was that from Talladega Nights, dude? That was right before he made animal noises with uh, what's that girl's <sighs> name, Amy Adams, on the table. That's that's right, that's right. For a second, for a second, I thought it was from Blades of Glory, which is I think really underappreciated. That's another another good one from that era. That's classic Will Ferrell right there. I yeah, like that was during like whenever he was actually like funny. Yeah, but he and really funny was stuff. he was a hit every time. Everything he did, he touched turned to gold. I don't know. Now, did you see Tropic Thunder? <laughs> he wasn't in that movie, was he? Oh, sorry. I meant not Tropic Thunder. God damn it. The semi-pro. I was thinking of the Flint, Michigan Tropics. The name. Of I the really, team. I kind of like that movie. Owner, player, coach. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Boom. Take off your shoes and suck the sex safe. I think the only thing I remember for that movie is when they he was supposed to wrestle a bear at halftime, and the bear goes into the stands. What about where he got punched in the jejunum? Mm-hmm. Vaguely remember that one. I think I've only seen Semi Pro like once. So that tells it, you about the level of enthusiasm that I had for it. So to me, that's probably like one of those movies, like back in the day, Comedy Central would have at like midnight. You would watch it as a kid. You know, like. You'd watch it at a sleepover. That's definitely yeah. a sleepover at your friend's house movie. Yeah. So I could get down, but also nostalgia is probably a factor there. For myself and possibly you, if you watched it again at any given point, <laughs> I will. I will never, just for that reason. <laughs> never again. Yeah, it'll be to remember it because I'll never deter from that memory. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to think of what it would be like having a sleepover now. Probably more fun. Probably wouldn't stay yeah. up very late. It's a couple. It's what we call a sausage party at that point. Well, you kind of do sleepovers with your wife now. I mean, you guys uh, live together, so yeah. Does that count? <laughs> I think that counts, man. If you live with someone, you're like, oh, this is like a sleepover that we do all the time now because you live here too. Yeah, that shit's tight. <laughs> be, I will be doing that soon. I'm going over to a buddy's house whenever uh, Mortal Kombat drops. Probably stay the night there, just play Mortal Kombat. I've already talked to my wife about it. I was like, this is the thing I do, and I do this. She's like, yeah, that's cool. And I was like, you got your permission slip signed? I did. Well, you know, with a kid, you got to kind of make sure you're all's well. Don't upset anybody. And plus, it's like silly because I'm like an adult now or whatever. Or but, whatever. You know, yeah, yellow. Yellow, man. It is a frightening thing to think about. Me being an adult? No, I agree. Yeah. yeah, all the every day I'm like, God, I wish there was a grown up here to handle this. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm 31. Person now. 
<laughs> I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be the adult in this situation. Good. Yes. You know, I don't Jake, know why I phrased it like a, this was an emergency on an airplane and someone asked if there was a doctor here. You know, what makes me want to throw up by the time you get to my age now, I'll be 40. No, that's not right. In four years, are you going to be 35? Oh, well, I guess it will be 32 in a month. <laughs> oh, okay. So you beat me. Yeah, you're an October baby. Yeah. Why Shit. is everybody born in October? Like my wife, kid, you. I don't know. Lots of parents People... be horny in January, I guess. Oh, yeah, I'm a Valentine's Day baby. <laughs> that rules. Because <laughs> <Can't laughs> you... your birthday is on the well, I don't want to. Maybe I'm 14th of November. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all right. The math applies. There's literally a meme about it. It's like this guy is pursuing this girl. Uh, it's like a cartoon, and it's like says February 14th, and he's chasing her, and then she's chasing him November the 14th, and her belly's full, and I'm like. Oh shit! That's me, man. Mm. That must have been a hell of a Valentine's Day. Good it must for, have good, been good for your parents. Yeah, I was there at their wedding. Probably the reason they got married. <laughs> Can't deny the truth. You would be like, nah, my parents did it the right way. They waited till they they waited till marriage. Be like, you're in the wedding photos. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. I was in utero. My dude, I was there. Vibing <laughs> everybody, having drinks at the reception. Yeah, I was there. That's awesome. I guess. No, I think my parents got married at the courthouse, if memory serves correct. Dad's because you were because you were there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we waltzed up you, in there. You were the witness. You had to sign the. They made you sign the document. Yeah, can I get a witness? And I was like, here. But you were you weren't <laughs> old enough, so they just dipped your hand in ink like they do with like dogs, and just put your like paw print on there. <laughs> <laughs> then it turns into a Blue's Clues situation. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, Ryan, uh, you've been watching you've been watching a few things in the movie theater. Yules, tell us, tell me about the Meg Two. Meg Two. So, got there, and full disclosure, got there a little late because dropped my kiddo off at my parents' house, and my wife had forgot the bottles, so I'd go back ten minutes down the road get the bottles and come back 10 more minutes. So it was 20 minutes. So I'm basically blaming her for what I missed to this movie. So also you, got there, huh? you got there with only 10 minutes of uh, previews left. Oh, uh, no. Like the previews were done. As soon as we oh. got there, I want a diet or not a diet. I want a cherry Coke because that's my soda of choice. Especially at movies. I love that. That and popcorn, that's like the best. Um, so we waited in line and we finally got in there and the movie had already started. But basically, um, there is Jason Statham plays a character named Jonas. And Jonas has a daughter and romantically involved with the woman from the first movie. I forget her name. Well, her brother is in this. Just Call her woman from the first movie. 
Holden from the first movie has and a brother, brother who's in brother the not movie. in the first movie. <laughs> and he's like a rich dude who's very much like he's kind of like a know-it-all and he, they found a Meg baby and they've raised it and he's like thinking he has control of it or whatever. Well, come to find out he, he kind of doesn't, but he kind of does. So, so this by control, you mean he's psychic. No, he has a little clicker that makes a loud high pitched sound. So mm-hmm. anytime that this, uh, shark gets close or something like that, you can press that and it deters the shark. That's less interesting. Um, yeah, well, whenever you don't know, that's going to happen for sure. There was a moment whenever they're in this isolated area where uh, the brother who's in the second movie of the uh, woman from the first movie, she uh, is in there. They're <laughs> watching you. him through a glass, and he uh, was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, dude, you're going to get killed. He's like, no, I'm not. And it appears that he did get killed, but he did not. He got out of there just in time. So it's kind of ambiguous if, you know, he was eaten or not. And then you come to find out he comes in through the back door to this room where they're all at. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And you're like, there's no way that would be that quick. Anyway. So he's, doing, he's doing like a jackass on Jason Statham. Kinda, but it's just I'm like Jason Statham, and this is tricking everyone into thinking I can't control the megalodon. <laughs> no, no, close. Hi, I'm the brother who's in the second movie of the girl who was in the first movie. First was movie. <laughs> Jason Statham, <laughs> aka Jonas. Uh, so they are going down to the Meg area to see what's going on because you know they want to discover more about the Megs, and apparently. You know, I got a lot of those Titanic vibes that recently came into the news. Um, and they were kind of describing what happens whenever you... I'll get there. I'll get there. Hang on. Um, so they get down into where the Meg territory is. And the shark they had in captivity has gone. And apparently it's kind of like a mating season. And just like instincts have taken mm-hmm. over. So their shark has ended up down there. The rest of the Getting sharks. Yeah, Donkey Kong. Um, but while they're down there, they notice another company is down there, and they're like, how is this happening? And this company has built like a station down there. And basically they're mining for some kind of like element that's down there that's worth a lot of money. Um, and they've been floating it to the surface. So they realize that Jason Statham and his peeps are up in there, and they're like, all right, we're going to blow this up. And the people who are mining is like, don't blow it up. We can't. We're down here. We need time. It, the guy who's over all of it, he's like, I don't care. And he blows them all up. Um, so that rocks the boat for Jason Statham and crew. Basically, their ship, uh, their ships, essentially, or submarines, get pulled down to the bottom, and they can't do anything. So they get on their suits and they go walking. It becomes like a Jurassic Park kind of movie at this point. They get down there and there's like a squid that's kind of like chasing them at one point. Then there's like a clearing wherever they are heading to the space state or the station that's down there. Um, and like all of these like swimming creatures come after them, which is very weird. And they all get attacked and eventually a lot of them die in that between traveling from the submarines to the station. 
when they get into the station, they kind of are putting the pieces together about the company who's over this. Come to find out, one of their crew members double-crossed them, but that crew member is currently um, on the surface and not with them. So, <laughs> Son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> the funny part is, they get Jason Statham, they're like, yeah, he can survive under these under these uh, circumstances deep underwater because you, fish don't have um, so they don't like compress living beings can be down there. You just have to blow out all the air in your sinuses and stuff like that. So oh, Jason said, fuck that. off. <laughs> That's so not how that. it works. <laughs> when he does that, he makes this face and he, you can tell he's blowing out the air in his <laughs> like nostrils. And the way he does it, like me, my buddy and my wife, we all laughed. Nobody else in the theater laughed, but it was hilarious. Like, and it was a packed house, so this movie's done fairly well. Um, so he goes down there, and then the guy who blew up uh, where they were mining, he catches them, and they get into a fight. Jason Statham kind of fights him and like beats him to submission. Underwater? No, they're out in the station at that point. Jason Statham oh. had a out of a locked room that they were in because the person who sabotaged them above had locked the room. So in order to survive, Jason Statham had to get out of that room, which was filling with water, mind you. Uh, so they were running out of time. He had to go out and then go in and save him. I guess they he was the only person who could hold his breath for that long period of time. But he didn't really have breath if he blew out his sinuses. I don't know. Go figure. It's science. Um, yeah, I'm starting to think that they're not really ascribing to a lot of science in this movie. Yeah, it seems like they other than the be... fact that there's like megalodons and stuff, this is seem... <laughs> seems kind of far fetched. Yeah, maybe we take everything with a grain of salt. Um, but oh, like the ocean. Yes, exactly. Um, so Jason Statham essentially saves them, and the guy who's come down there to fight him. Somehow he ends up on the surface. I, I forget how he does that. So they arrive to the surface, the whole team, and then apparently these people who have double crossed them have taken over, sent goons to go take over the station that uh, is on the surface where they kind of hang out to uh, go down and explore underwater. So whenever our team gets up there from the being underneath the water uh, these people are hijacking it so then this movie goes from like a serious tone to like you know scary oh, to like it was serious oh, up until this point <laughs> yeah and then it just gets hilarious <laughs> and stupid so then you have like your comic relief and we're fighting off the goons and uh, our team's kind of split the main person who's the antagonist or uh, double crossed you she gets eaten by a megalodon and like the she's gone and then our team gets out and they're swimming towards an island basically to escape the hijackers. These megalodons are kind of swimming around so they have to be quiet as they swim on the surface. Then oh my our god. Goons, <laughs> our goons catch up with them on this island which is an island inhabited by a bunch of people who are just vacationing, a bunch of rich people. The megalodons get over there. There's like a giant squid. Um, those uh, previously they were attacked uh, whenever they were heading to the space station or not space station, 
the underwater station whenever their submarines crapped out. Um, they were attacked by these swimming creatures. They can actually walk on water. Or not walk oh, on water. hell yes. They're not Jesus. They can walk on I'm, land. I'm glad it's not. I'm glad it's not serious anymore. Yeah. So then those <laughs> things start attacking. So the the main antagonist, she is murdered, and they don't really show her getting killed or anything. They just see her see her get dragged away. Um, and then everybody's trying to fight for themselves and try to survive the lunacy that is. And it ends up being like, you ever see those TV shows where all the characters are in one location, but it's like situational comedy where like uh like a bottle episode? I guess, you know, like I always think of Cheers. There's this Cheers episode where Woody gets married and like there's all this chaos happening and all these characters are kind of flowing in and out of the scene, but you know, there's like comedy to it. Like somebody's fell down a shaft or whatever, wherever they're lifting up food and stuff like that. And like other characters come in. Seinfeld's done it. But that's kind of what's going on. So everybody's kind of on their own little area and they're trying to dodge and maneuver this chaos that's occurring around them. Jason Statham, of course, gets on a jet ski and goes out and kills some Megs. Uh, on, on a jet ski? He does. He kills how people. Does he, how does one kill a Megalodon from a jet ski? Uh, you just punch it really hard? He's like, no, he's carrying like I'm Jason Statham. Like uh, some kind of explosives on the end. And he's chucking it at them, and they, like, die. At one point, he has a <laughs> helicopter blade, and he, like, smacks that. He can pick it up, right? Smacks it on the water to bring the mag closer to him. And at this moment, he's standing on, like, this little tiny, like, island. I don't even know if you could call it an island. It's just a rock out in the middle of the ocean that is above the water. And the mag tries to bite him, and he holds up this propeller blade, and it goes through the mouth of the mag and into its brain. Um, and it's just complete and other chaos until they finally defeat all of them. And essentially they end up on the beach and they're just kind of laughing like, <laughs> we sure survived that one. <laughs> Can so, you believe it? We yeah, just got, almost got Meg to death. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you knew what you were getting with this movie. It's just a campy kind of movie. With like sharks and shit like that, but Jason Statham looked really cool in it. The ways that he killed the megalodons and stuff like that—it was just kind of like silly, but kind of like it's kind of cool. He was yeah the best part of the movie, and the brother is too. He's kind of funny in the second half of the movie. The brother who's not in the first movie but is in the second movie. Yeah, who is brothers with the girl from the first movie that Jason Statham was romantically linked to and also had a child with who is oh. also in the How old is their kid? Uh she's like in like 14, 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I do not remember the first one all that well. I don't remember him procreating i guess i just remember some megs a pg-13 movie jake procreating yeah procreating bro procreating <laughs> yeah i um i kind of a shame i didn't go to see this i think i'll wait until it comes to this streaming but i do remember liking the first one i mean it's 
basically a bigger budget version of like those terrible scythe like it's like a big budget short yeah. game basically yeah um, i got feeling of like jurassic park in this one there was definitely that kind of feeling there and they these move i think that these both of these movies are at least partially funded by the chinese government <laughs> well you know i think it really did well in china yeah i wonder why <laughs> government yeah i because i remember it being like not really realizing that until in the first one where they're like we gotta stop them from going to this beach and it's like this like beach in china and i'm like okay what's going on here with <laughs> the meg in china i remember reading about it like afterwards i was like okay well that makes sense why why there was such a such a focus on that but um yeah, no, they, these movies do huge in China. They they fucking love the big Megalodon. They love some horny be... Megalodons down at mating season. Oh, yeah. And With brothers the brothers of the Dude. sister that's in the second movie, but not in the first one. Hey, Jake, guess what? What's up? You know where it's five o'clock? Uh, Nowhere, because the... Jimmy Buffett died. Yeah, my wife was really upset about this. Was she? Yeah, she said she. Um, yeah, she was just really bummed about it, and I was like, I didn't, I wasn't aware that you had such a, such a connection to uh, the man from Margaritaville. But yeah, Rest it is paradise. Kind of sad, him and Bob Barker in the same week. Those are two very, very well-known household names. Jimmy Buffett, surprising though. How yeah, it's getting young he was. Hmm. That makes sense. Yes. He was. Parker had uh, Alzheimer's and he made it to 99. So he uh, made it as far as he could without going over a dollar. Yeah. I cannot tell you how annoyed I was the day that Bob Barker died and every single account on Instagram was posting the same joke. Yes. Yeah. I've seen it numerous times. Yeah. I, I was like, not. it was funny the first time, but then I saw that 18 more times. And I was like, y'all fuck off. You're <laughs> selling the good name of Bob Barker on this tragic he, occasion. I did like Bob Barker. He was very much a staple of my childhood. He decided <laughs> he, to move on from Price is Right. I was obviously an older person. I was probably in high school, maybe even out of high school. Like, I don't know, it was like a changing of the guard. It was very strange. It's been a long time since Drew Carey took over. Yeah, it has been like 15 years? I think it was in like, yeah, it was like 2008 or something like that. It's been a really long time. Yeah. Before that, he was the Who's Line guy. Fucking wild. And he had his own TV show. No one ever talks about that. The, you're not talking about the, the Drew Carey show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one with his name in it. The one that ran from September 13th, 1995 to September 8th, 2004, set in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. You're not talking about that Drew Carey show, are you? Yeah, it's like you looked it up or something. The American television sitcom that aired on ABC. Yes. <laughs> Written and produced by Bruce Helford. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're reading it. 
produced by Mohawk Productions in association with Warner Brothers Television that debuted uh, in the top three. Uh, yeah, I can't be fucked doing this anymore. <laughs> yep. Yep. So the cat's out of the bag. You were reading it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was definitely on the Drew Carey Show Wikipedia page. No doubt. RIP Which... to another one. Who? Drew Carey? He's the, just the Drew Carey Show. Oh, and yeah. All nine seasons and 233 episodes. Yeah, that's crazy. I remember it used to come on quite a bit, and now you don't even see it in reruns. The logo here looks like the most piece of shit thing that someone drew in four seconds in 1995. <laughs> it's so horrible. You could get away <laughs> with doing a lot less back in those days. This looks like they gave it to an intern who forgot he had to do it and had to finish it like 10 minutes before he was going to leave for the day. So it was like, I guess this will be all right. Yeah, who who gives a shit? It's not like people are going to be able to look at this years down the road. Yeah, maybe that's why they're like the logo shit. Let's not even use it. Don't but that was worry back about when it. they were giving like comedians TV shows. Like um, there was this guy named Titus. There was this lady named, guy named Jeff Foxworthy. Grace under fire. Um, there was just a bunch of comedies that don't exist. Uh, what was it? Martin? God, what were some of the others? Uh, Jamie Foxx and Steve Harvey had uh, shows too. One, I think, was just called Steve Harvey Show. And the other one was called... Oh, I forget what Jamie Foxx is in. Maybe it was the Jamie Foxx Show. But yeah, comedians, they don't get that kind of... Nobody gets that anymore. And with the writer's strike still going on... It's quite possible that reality TV is just going to take over everything. It's already taken over our lives completely. You know, Jersey Shore, dude, which Jersey Shore is happening right now. I'm not watching it. We're saving it for tomorrow, but looking we are forward. We're all caught up on the new season now. Yeah, it's totally not going to be Ronnie coming through that door. I think it's going to be Sam's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. They, they love a good fake out. Yeah, well, they they're not going to immediately. Yeah, because um, Ron has done some pretty, he's got some pretty serious uh, shit against him. So, yeah. Ugh. Speaking I don't know of how I feel about it. <laughs> um, Danny Masterson got 30 years today for raping two girls. Almost twenty years ago, had no idea this guy's like forty-seven. He's yeah. gonna be like seventy before he gets out. If and it's thirty to life. That means that he pulled this bullshit right at the end of that '70s show. What a piece of shit! Probably at the well. I don't know if it'd be the height of his career. I, don't know how I mean, it's definitely the most famous he had ever been at that point. Like two thousand three. For sure. Yeah. It was definitely that was the height of his career was somewhere in there. But yeah, that blows my mind. I mean, he was pretty set. I feel like that 70s show is probably one of those shows where all the main characters from that show made enough money to probably live off for the rest of their lives so they didn't have to do anything else. Yeah, I mean Topher Grace, you see him in a few things, but mostly <laughs> he produces he does like producing and uh producing and editing now 
he's like, yeah, I don't don't really act that much. Yeah, so. I don't feel Mila Kunis though. She's been in Bad Moms, that franchise, and I think Ashton Kutcher obviously has a million different jobs and investments and businesses, so he's always up to something. But yeah, uh, who else? Uh, the chick that played Dawn. Uh, she's been in a couple of things, but you don't see her that much. And uh, Wilmer Valderrama, I mean, he's been in some stuff, too. He's been in, like, CSI or something like that. It was, like, one of those cop bullshit shows or whatever. He was also in the uh, also in the ranch. Was he? Isn't he in the that 90s show or 80s show or whatever they did? I don't know. I have not watched that, and I've barely seen anything about it. Yeah, I wonder if they're still doing it. It looks like he is. Are they Although, still doing the show? I don't know. Oh, I thought you had it pulled up. I'm, um, only, look, I'm only looking at the poster. <laughs> That's, I love picture books, too. You, you like you like how I went in depth on uh, the Drew Carey show, Drew but Carey I could Carey. not be bothered to look up the cast of this, so I only looked at the poster of it. That, you know, totally works and tracks for our show. I treat Wikipedia like it's one of those um, things that's like, oh, you have two free views left this month. I'm like, oh, well, I've got to be conservative with this. I got to limit your viewing pleasures. Yeah, uh, which... I, can't, I already burned up one of them on the Drew Carey show. Well, they should be asking for donations for too much longer because of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, I, I love... Uh, Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. November and December, they're like, hey, just so you know, um, be great if you you could kick us some money so that when you're mid-podcast and you need to look up the Drew Carey show logo, uh, you know, that'd be, that'd be great if you could, I never do. Shame on you for not. And I never will. Jake, Uh, you ain't nothing cold. Nah, I'm a big piece of shit and I'm just embracing that. We'll just call you Danny Masterson. Oh, well, we don't have to go that hard. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put so me and him in the same sentence. <laughs> you said big piece of shit. I was like, he's a big piece of shit. You could be so a piece of shit for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're all just shits at that point. No, don't, no, no. We're not all. <laughs> we're not in the same group. I'm getting very uncomfortable with this pairing. 
Now I can put you in the same uh, pairing as like uh, a terrorist, your best best friend, a convicted rapist, Trump, who apparently, I guess, he's been hit with some things recently. We're just doing everything here tonight. Let's move on. Okay, good. Let's do it. Barbie's past Mario's 2023's highest grossing movie at the domestic box office. If you had a time machine and you could go back to like 30 years ago, do you think that people would believe you when you told them that the top two grossing movies in the year 2023 would be Barbie and Mario? Uh, no, but let me tell you this. I was listening to something and Barbie Mattel is trying to create cinematic Barbie universe. They have taken the wrong message from this movie's success. (laughs) So that's going on. That movie where we're kind of the bad guys, we're going to clearly the message is people want more toy movies. I don't think that was what people liked about it. There's a lot of movies about products. There's one coming out about the pop tart. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, it takes place in 1963. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Seinfeld is going to be like, I guess, one of the main people who um, is over this movie, and I guess in its direction. Um, so yeah, it's got like uh, that chick that uh, Melissa McCarthy. I think um, she's in it. I can't remember the other people who were in it, but just brace yourself. That's on its way. Can't wait. I can. I can wait. I was, as long as I was really possible. high the other night, and I thought I had this really <laughs> profound thought where I was like, commercials are just short movies trying to sell you something. And I was like, yeah, that's literally what advertising is the next morning. Cause, but I really thought I had a profound thought there for a second. Maybe you just thought of it in more of a, a broken up way. Because you're just like, oh, it's an advertisement. And then now you're kind of breaking it up. What's an advertisement? It's like this and then you're like break it up a little bit more until you get where you're at yeah and then you come full circle and you're like i'm a fucking idiot i really thought i was thought i was on to something there that no one else has ever had that thought before a lot of thoughts like that when you're in that state you're like i bet this is the smartest thing anyone's ever said ever well sometimes you can have those epiphanies while you're high i have and i've come out of them being like oh yeah, I would have never have come up with that if I wasn't in an altered state of mind. I think being high, you probably have more of those thoughts than being drunk. Um, I assume. I don't know. I've yeah. never been drunk or high before. Right. Well, me either. I'm just I'm speaking hypotheticals here. Yeah, whenever you said I was high the other night. <laughs> yeah, I meant, I imagined that if I was, then this would have been a cool thing to think about. Yeah. I'm a oh, cool yeah. Definitely. person the coolest person anyone's ever met. Yeah, you're right up there with Shaft. One bad cool MFer. <laughs> Speaking of cool motherfuckers, <laughs> Billy McFarland. You remember him? No, I don't remember him. He is the snake oil salesman that tried to put on the fire festival. This is he's... what you think, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> what you think jake our new segment where ryan finds something outlandish is like what you think i think well, we covered this before 
yeah, I think this guy should be in prison. And I don't know how he's not, but um, money. Yeah, he's trying to put on another Fire Festival 2, which they're calling it the sequel. It's fine. <laughs> the, the fire will catch. Yeah, he said that he's also he tweeted or sorry, he X'd, um the other day that the first round of tickets priced at $499 a piece and scheduled for December of 2024 have already sold out. I don't believe a goddamn word this person says, and there's no way this shit actually happens. When we watched a documentary about him, he did seem like a fuckhead. There's two different ones, too. That was a wild time where I think there there was a Netflix one and a Hulu one. And one of them, he got interviewed for, and I was like, he should not have sat down for an interview. I think that's the one. Yeah, I can't remember if it was. I think the Netflix one was first, and then the Hulu one was like two months later. And he's like, "I think I'll interview for this one." I don't think he should have, because he made himself look more guilty. (laughs) What was that show that we watched recently? The um, young girl who was—they thought she was older than what she was, but she had like a condition. Natalia Grace. Yes, like the dad in that, you know, whenever they interview, they make it worse for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, lying. Yeah. King when he's talking to that. his son uh, and they forget that they have their fucking microphones on. Yeah. <laughs> Dummies. <laughs> Don't tell fucking, about pissing in the bed. Fucking idiots. The dumbest, the dumbest fucking people go on TV. They think they're the smartest people can outwit people because they, they get away re- with it maybe once or twice. They really do. They really do. But then they do something like that. It's like, you got unbelievable. There was, is- there's two more abducted. You remember abducted in plain sight? That insane. Oh, yeah. With the guy who jerked off that other dude. And then they were that one guy was trying to get the daughter and convince so, her of stuff. Peacock, there's two different new properties based on that. There's a documentary and there's a um, like a dramatized series on it. Yeah, I think we knew about the dramatized series. I think that was one of our news segments some time ago. We've been watching it and it is insane. It's it's that story is it's it's tragic and it's sad, but. I've I've really enjoyed it when we've watched it though. I I think it's pretty good. The guy who I forget the guy's name who plays it. Let me look it up real quick. Is and the <laughs> guy who plays it, is he the bad guy or is he the dad who jerked him off? Um Colin Hanks is the dad who jerked him off. Jake Lacey oh. is the name of the uh guy. I've seen him in others. He's been in White Lotus. He you'd recognize his face. He's really good in it. I really believe he's a fucking child molesting creep. <laughs> He's so That's good. Great for him. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that kind of range. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the range that you want. Hey, maybe, maybe not. Up to you Were to you find watching out. You'd be like, I bet that guy really could abduct um someone. Looks like he's sneaky. He's got a trusting face, but not a hundred percent trusting. So apparently this show came out in October of last year. We had it completely flew under our radar until like last month. I Wait. wasn't looking for it. Oh. But yeah, that, I, that's one I'd recommend. Give that one a watch. All right. Well, you know, I've been watching a lot of things, so 
definitely a possibility to get in there and do that. Uh, yeah, that we're was... on our Halloween kick right now, so. Oh, well, this is terrifying to watch as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see some guys. Do they show the jerk-off scene? It's very, um, thankfully, it's very, a lot of the really bad stuff, and by bad stuff, I mean actual sexual abuse, is kind of, it's more implied rather than shown, which is good, because I would not want to watch that. Um, so, no, they don't really show it, a lot of that stuff, but it's it's kind of implied. But, yeah, it, it really gets into how he seduces the, the mom and the dad to get leverage basically over them and you know the, all that all that stuff so anyways yeah that show's fucking insane <laughs> uh what else we got uh taco bell oh yeah our other what you think jake is uh taco bell's making a baja blast gelato yeah i'd probably eat it i'd probably I'd eat, eat it too. yeah i have no self-control um, and one of the, uh, some folks at Rockstar confirmed that they are making Red Dead Redemption 3, which is great news. Uh, probably not surprising that one of the best selling games of all time is getting a sequel, but good to know that they're at least working on it. Um, also, it won't be out forever. Probably not, but I heard that you could, it's like Mexico and South America are going to be the areas. And then they, Red Dead 2, I guess, has some DLC. Um, where it's going to be like a Jack the Ripper kind of thing. Let me see here. <laughs> that's, that's further up in our news section. Whenever you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's a uh, it's a fan. It's a fan concept trailer. <laughs> oh, well, they make that really good. That would be a cool idea. It yeah. wouldn't fit the location because that would be in England, but you don't necessarily well, have to. It's uh, there's a big fake New Orleans in Red Dead too, and it probably would be pretty easy for someone to mod something like that. Um, but I mean, thematically, I mean, Red Dead One already has the Undead Nightmare, which is a you know non-canonical version where they're just uh, in the Old West and there's a zombie plague, so. It'd be cool to have like a little kind of non, not really anything to do with the story, just kind of a spinoff sort of thing where you tie in some, some of these creepy horror elements. And I think that'd be a cool, that'd be a cool setting. It fits, kind of fits the timeline too. Cause I think that Jack the Ripper was in, it's in the late 1890s and game set in 1899. So maybe he skedaddles from London and winds up in the, the fake New Orleans. Many people wonder. Yeah. But that, that'd be cool. I'll definitely watch that trailer. It is disappointing that after I read the actual article, I'm like, no, nope, this is just a fan-made thing. Yeah, I don't <laughs> read. can't read. <laughs> this is Chris Harrington. I don't even know how to spell my name. <laughs> Mr. Old Illiterate Clit Harrington. <laughs> With my Taylor Swift is putting out a documentary on the tour that she's on, and pre-sales have already broken No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home's Pre-sale record, $26 million just in AMC pre-sales alone. Crazy. Fucking wild. The, I, the, peop, the people I work with at my job, some of them are younger. Like Coworkers, say, some would call. Like 19. They're like student age, you know? You could almost say they're like student workers. Um, 
and they they were talking about Taylor Swift today and like very passionate about this 30 year old person done music since they were 15 and to which I thought to myself I was I'm 30 some and I started playing music when I was 13 why does no one care about me why why don't you have 26 million dollars in AMC pre-sales so then now I'm just going to slander her name so oh let no me <laughs> Taylor Swift uh, she supports uh, Trump um child abuse none of these things don't be like Swift. she is an animal rapist and she, <laughs> uh, she encourages people uh she was there with michael vick whenever he did dog fights she <laughs> she was she was to, friends with michael vick in 2003 she was 18 year old taylor swift was dog fighting with michael vick in 2003 uh, she dated him. They broke up, and that was one of her songs that she wrote. Oh, okay. His dog don't hey, fight. Dog. That's right. His dog don't fight. I remember that one. So, yeah, she's like a total fucker. She also supports nuclear war. Um, so I mean, she was like horrible. <laughs> oh yeah, that that other song she did, "Bomb Baby Bomb." Yeah, that was the one about her boyfriend, um, Ken. Kim Jong Un. She was romantically supposedly linked to Saddam Hussein at one point. Wow, died. <laughs> so she or Osama bin Laden was. I can't believe I've never heard any of this before. So you said that she's his dated Michael Vick when he was dogfighting Kim Jong Un and Saddam Hussein. Yeah, she was one of the pilots of 9/11. Oh so. my god. <laughs> How can you support that? Uh, well, Ryan, I'm glad that <clears throat> I'm glad that someone is finally brave enough to stand up and tell the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Can you handle it? Can you handle the truth? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not sure how much of that I'm going to be able to use, but uh, sure. Had fun this... <laughs> sure had fun. I'm going to forget about it. Put it out there. People will love it. <laughs> podcaster destroys taylor swift by saying she dated saddam hussein <laughs> hot take man That's a hot, hot take. take i can't <laughs> believe no one else is talking about this <laughs> ryan's sitting at home with his fucking smoking a cigarette with his board of yarn he's <laughs> got taylor swift and saddam hussein on it. michael vick <laughs> It was a crazy time in her life. Uh, she also deals drugs to children. Still. Is this where you want to be, America? Supporting someone like... She doesn't need the money. She just does it for fun. Yeah, she's sadistic. You know, that's what they say about those rich people. Life becomes kind of boring for them, so they just look for ways to find entertainment. They say that the next world war is going to be based because on, like, Taylor Swift causing people to be into her and then she's going to pit them against each other. I heard Quite. that when she I heard that when she was younger she would always return her tapes to Blockbuster Video without rewinding. Yeah, I also heard that. I think that's where it first started. That was, you know, she killed animals whenever she was younger, you know, a sign of a psychopath. 
mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. return movies that were unwound. And she would rent like the craziest shit, like uh, movies like movies I don't even know about because I've seen enough movies, but I haven't seen those types of movies because I'm just not yeah. crazy. I heard that she rented all nine seasons of the Drew Carey show and returned it without rewinding. Yeah. Rumor has it that um, she sucks dick, but she uses her teeth. Mm. Unforgivable. That's the worst one yet. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I think that's it for news, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we slandered her so much, there's no way she'll recover financially or, you know, just in general. Her reputation's destroyed. We did it. But Congratulations, all... Ryan. You must be so proud. This podcast will single-handedly take off because of that. We dropped the facts here and almost accurate. That's right. I can't wait to get sued by Taylor Swift. You're not going to sue us. We're too... We're too small, and you can't sue us if we're telling the truth. <laughs> we'll get a cease and desist uh, letter in yeah. the mail. Oh, man. She's an animal one. rapist. <laughs> get one more before <laughs> before we're done for the day. Her favorite character from The Office was Toby. Mm. Offense mm-hmm. enough? So... All right, tell me about uh, tell me about the movie you watched, the Netflix original They Clone Tyrone. Dude, that is about the craziest movie I have seen sometime. So I was perusing Netflix. I was like, what movie do I want to watch? So I come I happen across this movie. Who cloned Tyrone? And what I am trying to do at the moment is I am trying to you know, find what I read that introduced me to this movie. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to watch it. And this suspenseful sci-fi comedy, unconventional trio tries to solve a series of mysteries occurring in their neighborhood. A, I see suspenseful, I see sci-fi and comedy. I also see that Jamie Foxx is involved in it. And I'm like, what the world could this be about? So... Basically, there is a gangbanger uh, who's played by John Boyega, who played Finn in uh, the Star Wars movies of recent. And there is the gal who played Monica Rambeau in the Marvels and uh, WandaVision. And then there's also Jamie Foxx, who, you know, Jamie Foxx. He's famous enough. You don't have to explain that. And, Who you may remember for being Jamie Foxx in real life. Yeah, or the Jamie Foxx show. Any any of that. Um, so their characters' names, I took pictures of this so I could remember, um, you know, so I'd be prepared. So John Boyega is Fontaine. a new setup. Yeah. John Boyega is Fontaine. So he's like a gangbanger, drug dealer kind of guy. Uh, Jamie Foxx is Slick Charles. He's a pimp. And then... Um, Tiana Paris, who uh, is, you know, Monica Rambeau, she, her name is Yo-Yo. She's a prostitute. Basically, John Boyega shows up, well, even before that, he runs over some guy at the beginning of the movie because this guy is just, they owe him money or something, and he breaks this guy's leg, and this guy's like, hey, I'm going to tell so-and-so about this, and he's like, fine, tell him. I'll be waiting. So, 
Fontaine, uh, I guess he goes to Jamie Foxx's place to go get the money that Jamie owes him. And he pretty much just waltzes in there and takes the money. And Jamie Foxx is like the comic relief. And he's just kind of trying to sweet talk his way out of it. Um, and basically Fontaine leads the, leaves the house. Um, and before he can pull out of the parking spot, he is in front of Jamie's house. Um, he is gunned down uh, by who I can only assume is the guy. Uh, he ran over the dude um, and the guy he called came and got revenge on Fontaine. Well, the next day, Fontaine wakes up and has no recollection of any of that, but we see him go through his day again. He does, like, the same shit. Um, and then runs into Jamie Foxx's character. Jamie Foxx is like, dude, I seen you in your car. We're dead. There's no way you're still alive. So the movie takes a little bit to get there, but you start noticing little pieces of things. And um, I guess they talk to Yo-Yo, who's a prostitute who's around in that area. And she's like, yeah, I heard the gunshots. Um, so that makes them want to kind of be intrigued to check it out further. So they go to this house, and I forget the reason why they go to this house. And whenever they go to the house, um, they open like a closet, and inside is like a room. And it's not just a room, it's an elevator. So they get into the elevator. They go downstairs or down in the elevator to like this basement area. And basically it's an elevator, but a room that moves up and down. Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and it's this lab and there's one technician in there. Um, so they shoot and kill him. And Fontaine, while in there, finds a clone of himself laid out dead on this table. And the clone is the one that we assume got shot the night before. Um, so that's pretty jarring to him. So then they start trying to figure out what's going on in this world. And basically, um, they start noticing that things that uh, black people typically like in the ghetto, like hair products, um, fried chicken, um, there was something else. Uh, all these things have things that affect their, them mentally. Oh, music. Ooh. There's a, they're really uh, leaning into the stereotypes here, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of funny. That's kind of playful. Um, so basically, they find out um, Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland's in this movie. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. So they uh, go to the church in one scene after they go to this place to eat chicken and notice everybody's laughing around them. And at this chicken jo joint, they see this van dropping off stuff and they can make the assumption that this van is the one that's dropping off. Whatever's making all these people laugh, essentially mind control. Um, Yo-Yo, who's a prostitute, she seduces the owner of the chicken place and he's a white guy with an Afro. And I noticed that there's two characters in this movie who are just like random white dudes who know what's going on, but they all have Afros. Like they're trying to blend into the community, but they're also white guys. Um, so the chicken joint guy is the owner, and he um, has like some cameras around, and Yo-Yo's going through his cameras, and one of the oh, cameras of is... Of course the white guy's got cameras around. Y yeah, it's not just <laughs> the chicken joint that the cameras are filming, it's also uh, the strip club or whatever, so they're like, alright, what the hell? So Jamie gets into... Um, oh my god... <laughs> <laughs> into like this van and then he gets taken to this place they call him and find out where he's taken to 
they go there. It's a church. They go into the church. Everybody's having a little bit too much of a good time at the church. So, like, that's weird. So they leave and they come back later that night and they find um, another that underneath the pew, which are uh, not the pew, but wherever the uh, preachers preaches from, like that little pulpit or whatever, that is actually lifts up and underneath is another elevator to get down there. So they go down into this area and they kind of scooby-doo their way through. They fight like three dudes who are wearing like these full suits um, where you can't see their face or anything, but they're definitely walking with a lot of attitude. So it's kind of obvious, you know, that they're, they don't fit in, but they notice that there's all these black people being experimented on. It's like mind control, like music effects and stuff like that. Um, and then they get into this room and there's nothing but clones. It's clones of everybody they know and themselves. Um, so they, Pretty much cause a ruckus in there, and then it's alerted to everybody who works down in the lab. So they're like, all right, we got to boot scoop boogie out of here. So they get out, and they get to the club, because um, that's where they come up from. And the DJ there is a white guy with, you guessed it, I think he has an afro. Um, and basically he's playing some music, and once he plays this music, it like trips everybody out, and they all start kind of being like zombies. Um, even Jamie Foxx's character kind of falls into it. So they escape from there and they get into this car and they start driving away. Um, and then the DJ is like, hey, go get them. So all these people are in the club, go after the car. And eventually the car kind of breaks down and all these people surround it. And they're like, oh God, we're getting going to die. But then they all step away from the car. And that's when Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland's character shows up. He's being drove by a um, clone of Fontaine. So there's another clone of Fontaine. Uh, but this one's different. He's like a hitman bodyguard type. And basically, Kiefer Sutherland's like, hey, I'm going to give you an ultimatum. You can either stop trying to figure this out and just go back to your life, or you can you know, keep pursuing us and we're just going to kill you. Does Kiefer Sutherland have an afro? He does not. It's just Keith oh. Sutherland. He's like, this, like a, a high, high, up there kind of guy. It is a shame. Um, and basically, what he says to them is that this is like an experiment, and they do it in a bunch of other ghetto locations. Um, basically, they're trying to make it so the community doesn't fight against each other and stuff like that. So if they clone them and control them, they can prevent that. So. Um, that's kind of like why this is taking place. Well, he's Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland turns around and John Boyega's character pulls out a gun and holds it to the back of his head. And then um, there's like this code word that Kiefer Sutherland says. And then all of a sudden he has control of Fontaine and Jamie Foxx's character. Uh, uh, so, and then Yo-Yo is not affected by that. So... Eventually, Kiefer Sutherland takes it as far as he can without killing him. Um, and he just kind of, like, lets him go. Well, Fontaine returns home, and he's like, all right, I'm going to let it go. I got too close to this. I don't want to have anything to do with this. Um, goes to his house, and earlier, he, at one point, he talks to his mom, but she doesn't come out of her room. This time, he goes into the room. 
that room is just a recording. Like, his mom hasn't been there for a long time. It's just a recording they set up in there to make it seem like she's in there, but he, she's not. Um, it doesn't really explain what happened to her character. I guess she's died. Um, well, I guess it does kind of explain later on, but um, we're getting there. Um, so eventually, our troops kind of decide they don't want to pursue, but then they rally up, and they're like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Because Yo-Yo, the prostitute, she gets taken by um, the people experimenting on the people of this neighborhood. And uh, they're like, all right, we're going to go free her. So they frame Fontaine's death so he could get down there. They bring a new Fontaine into the ghetto because every time he dies, they replace him with like a new one. And then uh, Jamie Foxx's character kind of ties up Fontaine's clone the new one, and then goes and finds the other Fontaine, but he brings the ghetto with him. So they show up to a gas station. There's a white guy with an afro there, and they're like, hey, bitch, let us in. Show us where the elevator is. <laughs> so they get down there, and they start wreaking havoc down there. Meanwhile, uh, these uh, white dudes are doing these experiments on Yo-Yo, and they're putting like some kind of hair product in her hair to make her, uh, you know, Follow what they say, essentially brain control. Um, she's wearing a wig, so she kind of gets herself out of that situation after playing possum. Um, Fontaine, who faked his death, he wakes up, and then he's kind of um, there with the ruckus that's going on. They free a bunch of the clones. So the clones are out and about now. Kiefer Sutherland's character has a showdown with Jamie Foxx and Yo-Yo, um, um, and he ultimately loses that. Um, and then we meet uh, Fontaine. He meets the mastermind behind all this. It's kind of like a Matrix moment wherever Neo meets like the creator. And you find out that Fontaine is a clone of the original guy who is over this. And I guess higher-ups have hired him to do his experiments and have given the freedom to do this. So it's like an older science guy. Uh, and basically, the reason he's doing it is because his brother died, um, and you know he was just upset with how things were in the ghetto, so he wanted to make things better. Fontaine ends up getting uh, the science guy killed, and then they escape, and they get to uh, the surface where they're not in the lab area anymore, which is underneath the ground. And then the news crew starts showing up, and they're like, all these naked people are like clones and stuff like that. What is going on? So then the movie kind of ends there. Our three heroes decide they're going to move to like Nashville or something, someplace. I forget where they said they're going to move, and they're all three. The widest place imaginable. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was Nashville. It was somewhere. Um, and then so the movie's credits start rolling. But there's still one question that remains Why Tyrone? Why is it who cloned Tyrone? What the fuck is going on? So, post credit scene. We see a guy walk out of a gas station, um, and it's Tyrone, or not Tyrone, it's uh, Fontaine, but he's got a different hairdo, but all the characters are the same. They just look different, and they're in a different location. Tyrone, this guy gets to his house, they're watching this on the news, and his and see this guy who looks just like him like Tyrone is that you so that's where the movie gets its name 
So essentially, his character is like in a couple of different locations, and he's just cloned. They're, they're all cloned. <laughs> all yeah. Cloned. Yeah. Holy so fucking shit, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it was like the craziest movie. It was one of those movies that I seen. I was like watching, and I was like, "This is no more. Nobody's talking about this. This is one of those movies you get excited about, and you just want to tell everybody about because you're like." How has nobody seen this? Because it took from a bunch of different things, but it also was kind of original, and it didn't follow the path that I thought it was going to be. You know how some movies are predictable? This was just kind of crazy. Yeah, it came out. Uh, it came out in July, based on the poster I'm looking at. And whole, yeah, I had never heard of this shit. That is ins- That was. I felt like I was going insane listening to that, but I can't imagine what it was like to sit down with it and watch it. <laughs> Yeah, it starts off really slow, and you're just kind of trying to put the pieces together. And I really like movies and TV shows like that. Like, Loki was kind of like that. You're, like, upside down trying to figure out what the hell's going on until you develop an understanding of it. The mystery is what kind of keeps you going. And once you kind of understand, you're like, oh, it's either craft or it's not. I thought this was kind of original in that sense, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> that sounds sick. I hope I, I recounted it. Well, I can't wait to watch this and think about um, think about you recounting it. And what a great job you did. Yeah, no, sometimes I don't do a great job. There's just so much going on in it. It's like there was this, 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 and this. But yeah. I, it's definitely worth a watch. I would totally give this movie like an eight and a half out of ten. Um, oh, nice. You know, I don't think it's Oscar worthy, but I think it's just so so well done like it's got it hits on a lot of elements that i enjoy like sci-fi comedy jamie fox is great in this uh john boyega is great um what was her name paris um uh, she was great in this it's just the whole cast the main three were great and then the Kiefer sutherland i mean that was a surprise to see him there and you know he kind of did his Kiefer sutherland thing you know he's got that raspy voice and stuff and he yeah yeah <laughs> He was great in it, so I I definitely think that this is a must-see. All right, so that's a, that's a big recommend from, from Ryan. Who cloned Tyrone? I guess we still don't know, do we? No, <laughs> we, we'll we kind of do. It was himself. Yeah, well, we'll find out in the sequel. <laughs> yeah, when we go to Nashville. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Ryan, any, anything else you want to you wanna add for this week? It's a big... Big thumbs up, I guess, for what Meg Two and Who Cloned Tyrone. I would say uh, the Meg Two. I'd probably give like a six or seven. Yeah, just because I mean, what you're into, for what it is, you know, it's you kind of know what you're getting to. But yeah, Who Cloned Tyrone. I also watched another movie called Blood Red Sky, which I would say is a very interesting watch. It's like a vampire movie. That's very cool. Um, I won't go into that, but that's just a recommendation. Um, so yeah, I think those those two I definitely recommend. And then the Mag, if you're into those kind of movies, those are big thumbs up for the week. All right, how about do us for for this week? We'll talk to you guys in fourteen more days, I think. Woody, however, however it works out. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Uh, as we say at the end of this and every episode of Almost Accurate. Nighty night, bitches. Quit hammer
<laughs> Until next time, folks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.